Mr. A here, saying, how y'all doing? Yo! Are you ready to rumble? Or should I say tumble? Cause I don't stumble, I fumble like a crack of pie gumbo. Welcome to the Rumble, presented by Pain of the Claim. We are here every Wednesday talking about all of the crap that goes on in this industry. And here we are once again with a fresh new pile of stuff to get into. And I'm excited. Brent, how's it going, man? I thought you're good, good, good. I definitely thought you were going to say something else. I can do that again if y'all want to. Fresh new pile. I just, I just thought you were going to say something else. I did too, and I couldn't figure out what I, I wanted mean. I'm to doing say, good. How so. you guys doing? I'm doing great. Uh, well, you know, I'm Jeremy Lavelle. Uh, Known as the mouth of the South, joined always by the Beast of the East, Mr. Brent Hooper. And continually at my side is the beautiful, the one, the only face face. Commonly referred to as Donna, sometimes the Donna. Or D. Or D. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't do it without her. She, anything that you hear on the show that sounds cool at all is not me or Brent. It's me. The Donna, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, man, we're getting, first of all, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners. We're getting a lot of feedback from you guys and thank you so much. We're glad that we're helpful. Thank you very Um, much. And just keep it, keep it pouring in there. And, uh, man, tell them the, the text you got today. Yeah, I actually did. I shared it with Brent earlier. We were talking on the phone um, about the guy that was on a way to his inspection that was listening to episode three about limited leakage and seepage. And no matter how hard I try, I all want to say limited leapage. <laughs> I always want to say that. And I think I said that four or five <laughs> times. <laughs> but the limited leakage and seepage uh, endorsement, when we got into endorsements, Brent, he found that really helpful, and he was going to listen to episode four on the way home, and evidently it was so good, he has nothing more to say. So I, I don't know either he retired. I'm not really sure what's going on there, man. But hey, man, shout out to you guys. Um, we appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. We love your feedback. We love uh, that we're helping some of you. I think that that's fantastic. And, um, you know, there's just been, I mean, lately it's just been really busy and crazy. Has it been busy for you, Brent? I mean, just like this yeah. onslaught of stuff. Yeah, man. Onslaught of stuff and changes and, you know, got to keep it. I always say humping and bumping. Elbows and assholes. Yeah, I get it. So, uh, yeah, you know, so we're uh, hammering I, a chisel. I, I don't know. We got Um <laughs> No, I mean it's it it's been good. Um, busy. We got a couple a couple initiatives going on, which is fun. Um, Speaking of Kool Aids you know, and cupcakes, it's but, really more Kool Aids and wedding cakes. Donna and I actually <laughs> uh, um, decided to get married. Well, we were already married, but we we did it in front of God and everybody, friends, family, um, and we uh, we kind of dovetailed that with an event that was also her birthday, guys. It was her birthday. It was Donna's birthday. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for uh, Donna and her birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy, happy birthday. 
So for those of you about to turn 40 and all of those <laughs> insensitive people that are going to throw you an over-the-hill party because you're 40, man, forty, I am getting there, oh. and if you will st- let me finish, I will get there. Those okay. of you who are turning 40 and throwing your over-the-hill party, that is not over the hill. I promise you will know what the hill feels like when you actually turn 50. I don't recommend it. Getting old is a young man's game. Can you back me up on that? So that's why I was saying Did it make more like, sense? Does it make more sense now? But I, I actually, thought you were delusional. No, I am not delusional. I gave that up a long time ago. I am damn crazy at times, though. <laughs> but um, anyway. So what do we got on the what do we got well, on I think the we're going to talk a little bit about um, setting the value of the loss. What do you think, Brent? Let's All right, it. man. Let's do it. Round one starts right after this. The Paint of the Claim is looking for sponsors, and we would love to promote a business that provides services or equipment to public adjusters, restoration companies, and roofing contractors and general contractors. Examples would be like safety gear, roofing-related products, restoration equipment, payment services, CRMs, reporting services, expert services, anything like that. We want to help you tell your story and get you together with the people that really need your help. So give us a call. We can we can get your name out there and we can grow with you. The carrier's estimate. Well, often that's the first estimate we get, isn't it? It is. It is. It is the first girl to the dance. They're in her in her, in her dress and 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 waiting yeah. for somebody to uh, to to dance with her. That's for sure. I can say that about the carrier's estimate. It's often yeah. the first one. I had dinner with my grandma tonight. It was her right. birthday too, wasn't it? She's eighty. Uh, yep, yep, it was. Mama Rose, right? So I had dinner with her, and uh, <laughs> it's funny. She, Real quick story. She, you know, she's like, you know, what's that thing you guys are doing? Well, you know, it sounded like you were in a car or something. I was like, no, I didn't have a damn mic first couple episodes. Anyway, she was like, well, what are you guys talking about tonight? And I explained in the context of a loss. I said, you know, my mom. So, you know, you come home one night, God forbid, and you got you have a bunch of water in your house, and you know, you have to go through this ridiculous process known as the claim process. I said, who writes the estimate for those repairs? And her answer was, well, the carrier would. Or, or as she said, the guy that would come out from my insurance company. <laughs> and I thought that was really interesting. It's like, and, and I explained to her, I'm like, you know, it, in, in our little slice of the world, there's a, I told her, I said, the reason we're talking about it is because there's a lot of opinions about it. So anyway, yeah. Um, they are the first ones to the party, usually. At least in they really experience. are. And it's interesting. Why do you, hey, why do you think that well, is, Jeremy? I think <laughs> I think you know the first answer is often the answer that's heard. Do you know what I mean? I think that that has a whole lot to do with just sort of it always seems the first answer often is is regarded as the right answer. I guess I'm not real sure that that's true. And if that real that that thought holds water, but I know that's the behavior that people often go with. And 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 I know that I've been asked by a lot of people is like, why? 
why is it so much different than what you show me? Why would they, what is it that they're trying to do? And I'm going to tell you that it's not by and large that they're trying to be honest. Um, and I wish that, I wish, you know, really, really quick. I just wanted to agree with you. I just wanted to agree with you on that. By and large, whether I'm talking to contractors, homeowners, business owners, when this part of the the discussion comes up and I, you know, explain like, hey, the paradigm is backward. The fact that your insurance company came out and wrote an estimate, while that's all well and good and we'll get in, we'll get more into that. I'm like, that's not really the way that it's supposed to be per se. Right. So there's a great misnomer here. They're the first ones to the party. They came out, they wrote you an estimate. No, that's not what you're owed. No, it's not really their job to determine that for you. Well, then why do they do it? Which brings me back to the question that I interrupted you while you were answering. Then, you know, why do they do it? And you said, well, it's not so they can come out and, you know. Yeah, it's not. It's not so much. But continue. Sorry. Right. Exactly. So kind of what I am saying, this is this is my opinion. I don't have this is not absolutely rooted in a whole lot of research. But for those of you who know me well. No, one of the things that I like to do is ask the desk adjuster. I see here that you guys have provided an estimate. And I ask that question knowing that there's only <laughs> two right answers. There's only two right answers. One, they have a right to conduct an investigation. And as it pertains to that investigation, they have the right to write an estimate. I don't have any problem with writing an estimate. What I hate is navigating the claim with it. Okay. They have every right to write an estimate and present it to their insured as it, you know, they're insured as to what they think that the loss shall be, what should be, or in the neighborhood of, or whatever it is an estimate. And then they write them a check based on that estimate. Well, the carrier figured something out along the way. Okay, so in Texas, one of the things we have is called a prompt payment statute. Okay, there are other states that have it. I'm not going to get into the ones that, are, that, that do have it because I don't know them off the top of my head. But we have a prompt payment statute that goes along the lines of something like this. Basically, once the carrier extends coverage, they have five days to release payment. Five days. So the reason you wrote an estimate is so that you could release prompt payment to your insured per the prompt pay- payment statute is we wanted to provide a prompt payment to our insured based on the loss that they suffered. And that's really and truly the only right answer that I accept from a desk adjuster. Okay, thank you so very much for that prompt payment. But by and large, that estimate is not rooted in anything other than a very rudimentary guess. You know what I'm saying? Because often the guy that they send out there, he may have some construction knowledge. He may not have some construction knowledge. The problem is, is that it is not a requirement for that job or the license that he holds to have any sort of construction knowledge whatsoever. And because, because I know, even if he did, huh? Even if he did go ahead, even if he did, even if he even if he had single-handedly built a hundred thousand houses and drove every nail in every you know uh, freaking piece of wood, God, that sounded educated. My point is, is that he wouldn't be writing his estimate based off of that knowledge anyway. 
That's my only point. Even if that adjuster had been a contractor and built every, you know, houses for his whole entire life since he came out of the womb, it wouldn't matter because he's not writing estimates based on that. You're absolutely so, correct. You know, I know exactly where you're going with that. Too. It wouldn't matter. Basically, I'm going to tell you, by and large, the carrier's training model here and the training model here is to pick the, it's not to teach them how to properly assess loss. They teach them how to estimate based on some general damage. So if you have drywall damage, for example, you are going to write to replace the exact square footage of drywall that is damaged that you can see. You are then going to seal the new portion of drywall and then you are going to paint the rest of the walls, one coat. So you get, so the new drywall has a coat of seal and a coat of paint. I want to be clear about that. One coat of seal, one coat of paint, and then all of the walls to make sure that the, the, the color stays consistent gets the same one coat of paint that the new drywall gets. Okay. So if you're lucky, if you're okay, lucky. so I, I'm just going to, they're going to replace any insulation in that. And that's basically it. And then you have a couple of masking line items to protect the floor. You might have some content manipulation. You might have some detaching and resetting of some televisions or it depends on what room we're in, but you've got some of these general labor items that prep the room for repair. Okay. And so that's the end of it. So they go in and they run these things called macros within, within their, um, Xactimate or they'll have, they'll have bin items within their, um, within, uh, Simbility, whatever the case may be, whatever. And I, the only reason I bring up both is because carriers, you've got multiple carriers that are moving to Simbility right now. You've got, you've got Liberty Mutual. I've heard all state will be switching over to Simbility. So for those of you who hate Simbility, you might want to brush up because the reason Brent and I are talking about this right now is because you're going to have to be dealing with both estimating platforms in, in moving forward a lot more. And the, right now, these are rumors. These aren't guarantees, but Simbility's not going anywhere, guys. And for the reason you hate it is the reason they're picking it up is because most people believe that Simbility estimates lower. I can get into a whole other thing about why I think Simbility is a fine estimating platform, but you will have to have so many more line items. Conversation for Yeah, you'll day. have to have so many more line items to get it to work. But that is, you're right, Brent. Thank you so much. It's a conversation for another day. But they're running kind of these general ideas, and they provide their adjusters with estimating guidelines that basically walks them through what to do as a standard operating procedure, whether it's a roof, whether it's siding, whether it's drywall, whether it's flooring, whatever the case may be. You know, you're going to run into that. And so, and they never tell them to de uh, detach and reset a P trap, remove and replace angle stop valves. You're never, I mean, you've got to learn all of that kind of stuff. I have seen estimates where they remove and replace the cabinets and they don't address the countertops at all. And the desk adjuster has told me well, that's included in the cabinet. I'm like, well, it's not. Yes, it is. And okay, well, whatever. I don't want to argue about what's included and what's not included. All of you out there know that have any estimating experience that the countertop's not included. But I have seen these guys come through because it's not addressed in full. There's no nuance. There's no teaching them the craft. It's basically go through these steps and it'll spit out a number. And that's why you often see the number so small from the carrier's estimate. They've written it according to guidelines and they've done what they're told. QC is happy with it. They send it off to the homeowner praying they don't run into a Brent Hooper on the other end of it. 
Well, I don't know about praying because 87% of the time they don't. And on the occasion that they stub their toe against a Brent Hooper yeah. or a Jeremy Lavelle or a Jack Hanks or a, or a Leland Kuntz, you know what I mean? They're okay with that little bit of a bruise because they keep on trucking because for every one of us, there's 87 other people that they're not running into. So, I mean, it's just – go ahead. Well, look, here's the thing. They, if, we, if, we go back, if we go back to the beginning, this, this is a great example. We talked about it briefly in one of the other episodes, but this is a great example of the insurance company treating the product of insurance as a Correct. service. See, this whole thing with insurance companies, this paradigm of insurance companies sending out the friendly adjuster who's going to come out and, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, so happy to see you. We're here to help. We're going to get this squared away. It's all a ruse. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're looking at a three-story fucking water loss and they get a $7,000, you know, RCV estimate and a $3,500 ACV check, right? So, again, it's a great example of the insurance companies treating what is a product like a service? We're going to do all this. We, we're going to get out there. We're going to have somebody walk through and we're going to handhold you. And if you need anything, you just call this number right here. So that way, every time you call, you can talk to somebody different. And, um, oh, but, you know, again, that's that's the paradigm that we're in. And so without sounding like a bloviating broken record here, that is the narrative that we're in and we've got to control that. And there are ways around it and understanding that the carrier doesn't set the amount of loss as a good realizing place to start. And whenever you get a claim, yeah, we're just realizing it and thinking about what it means, who sets the value. And we're going to talk about contractors and public adjusters and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, that guy that came out a guideline riddled bullshit estimate from jump street or a gal or whoever, that particular person is not the person that sets the value of the loss in the claim process, regardless of what anyone on insert insurance company, regardless of what they tell you, they don't, they don't do that. And Jeremy, as and you said earlier, you know, that yes, they have an absolute right to investigate the loss as often as reasonably necessary. And if producing a comparative estimate is a part of their investigative process and standard operating procedure, excellent. Go for it. If that is the insurance company's way of investigating the loss and perhaps keeping homeowners and contractors and us public adjust, if that's a, 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 a quality control or measure that they have in place to make sure that, you know, things are things are within striking distance or for comparative cost analysis and whatever. But don't get it twisted. That... Johnny, you know, Johnny, the adjuster from Insert Insurance Company, his job is not to tell any homeowner how much it costs to fix something. Not his job. Nor, even if it wasn't his job description, he's not qualified. And that's certainly not what the policy says. Well, it's certainly not. The absolutely. Says. And I just want to I just want to button it up with this. The only reason the carrier should be in legitimacy writing an estimate is to provide prompt payment. There is no other reason. So understand it's important for yep. all of you guys out there. There is a reason for them to write an estimate and it's to provide prompt payment. And you need to regard it as such. 
Thank you so much for your estimate. I appreciate you providing prompt payment to my client. You know, and that and 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 that diffuses yep. the argument so, about it. But now we're going to dig into it, and how do we and how do we come up with why this thing is what it is? Why is this thing? Uh, why do we not use this thing? Okay, and so I I'm going to dig into that, and that's probably going to be more in round three where I get into it, guys. So just just hold on, and I'm and I, I promise I'm getting there. Well, so. I will piggyback that the prompt payment thing, which is a beautiful point. Absolutely right. I don't, I don't have any sort of contrarian ideas around that, but I'll say this too. Sometimes we get like butthurt about the amount or the quality of, or whatever we we get butthurt about what the carriers, right? You know, Sometimes we, we need to take into consideration the individual that's coming out and scoping this project and perhaps in turn turning around and writing an estimate. Look, if they if coverage is extended, take it as right. a good thing. Don't you take know? it as a bad they, estimate. They confirm coverage. Yeah, do, you know, it's one thing to poke yeah, fun right. or and we all acknowledge do. sort of the absurdity. And by all means, while we poke fun, I don't have any problem with some water cooler funning around when we look at estimates and things like that. But remember this, um, while we'll stand around and poke fun at it, just realize what it is. It's not a bad estimate. It's an uninformed one. And that's the biggest thing that I need you to realize. And and that'll help you have some grace as it pertains to dealing with some of these estimates that appear to be perfunctory. And it's not just always a lazy estimate, though sometimes I do think it is, Brent, really and truly. I believe that the estimate is lazy. And, And I do believe in times it's perfunctory. Most of the time, realize this, it is simply just an uninformed estimate. Hold on. Let me let me get this this last this last word sure. in. And look, and it's it's not always like bad faith or some conscious choice by the adjuster to you know try to get one over. Right. I, I just think that's important to get out there. The carriers have a responsibility to confirm and ultimately remit prompt payment. And yeah. No matter, and, and again, I'm not. I'm anybody that's listened to the show or knows me personally or has had more than one conversation with me knows that I'm no apologist for the carriers. I think it's just important to have. And I love the way you said it. It if you are understanding what I'm saying, it will allow you to handle it with more grace. Because sometimes I look at these really bad estimates, and and I'm just like, okay, this is perfect. This is a perfect situation. So anyway, it's it's food for thought at a minimum there. I mean, my it was just like, look, it's not all it's not in these perfunctory estimates. Sometimes they're doing you a favor and and it's not bad faith. That's the other. That's the part I wanted to get. Yeah, it's like it's like I can't approve this whole roof, but I can't approve one shingle. And let's go down that road and smile as they get in their car, knowing that they've opened up coverage. I think that that's great. I think that that's I believe that's true, Brent. I do. I think so. So anyway. Um, Um, Thank you so much, Brent. Round two starts right after this. 
you're choosing someone to help with your online marketing, make sure you go with someone that has years of experience. Our good friend Sally at Thrive has over 20 years of digital marketing experience. She can build you a beautiful 15-page sleek, interactive website, post on your social media platforms multiple times a week. She can do a video, an amazing CRM to manage and uh, maintain and nurture your clients, text, email marketing, review generation, a business listing on 60 plus search engines, including free voice networks, appointment scheduling, estimates, invoices, payment processing, and more. She will also create for you on uh, on Google, a Facebook page, and Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you need these for your businesses, she'll, she'll help you create those pages on all of those sites. You already have these pages. She'll optimize them for you as well. Call or message Sally today. If you want to get started, you can reach her at 214-789-1651. Again, her name is Sally Brigance. Her number is 214-789-1651. And uh, you'll also get a landing page the day you sign up. When you send her a referral that signs up with her, she'll credit your billing account. Logos are also available. Um, and she also offers a lead generation service in SEO, search engine optimization, where she can uh, guarantee you to appear on the first page of Google or your money back. It is spelled T-H-R-Y-B. And you can find my good friend Sally Brigance, and that's spelled S-A-L-L-I-E. Brickants, B-R-I-G-A-N-C-E, and she can be reached once again at 214-789-1651. Did I, I did that really bad. Hang on a second. Let me get the right <laughs> bell in there. <laughs> Round two. The contractor's estimate. I, I'd love that this is recorded. I'm telling you what. I mean, because sometimes when we go back and listen to this as we're editing it and putting together the final package, there's some really funny stuff in there that doesn't always make the doesn't make the cut. But I mean, we we laugh about it quite a bit. So I, I don't know, man. That's why I like I'm glad it's a podcast. I'm glad it's not actual radio that we're trying to do. And I'm glad it's a podcast. That's why we because, don't go live. Because. And- some of those rough edges is what is what gives it the charm, in my opinion. So anyway, round two. So we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about contractors' estimates now. And I have never met a group of people that is more proud of their estimate, and rightfully so, because they're the ones that are gonna be doing the work. So contractor estimates, I have found that contractors um have gotten so used to playing the insurance game, they've kind of gotten away from like being contractors, in my opinion. Do you know what I'm saying? They want to, they try to start using Xactimate instead of, guys, just go bid the job. Just go tell me what you think the job should cost. I can write an estimate in Xactimate. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Talk, let's talk about it. But we don't. They don't always have us to work with. But contractors are stuck trying to speak insurance carriers' language, and I think carriers have done a great disservice to their clients, forcing contractors to put it into Xactimate almost. And I know the policy doesn't say that, but if you think desk adjusters haven't said we're going to need that in Xactimate, or we're not going to be able to approve this claim, so if you can't get it in Xactimate, I don't know what to tell you. You're going to have to go get it in Xactimate, and 
and contractors are sitting there. And I know some of the very first jobs as a public adjuster I got was because oh, yeah. oh. a client needed to, <laughs> needed to get it put in and they didn't know who else to call other than a public adjuster. <laughs> and I think that's terrible. Oh, it's, it's Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, look, that is, that this, sucks. You're asking them to, to be insurance adjusters. And then when they start acting like insurance adjusters, then you, you hit them with and slap them down and hit them with hoopla loss. I mean, yeah. what the hell do you want these guys to do? Oh, exactly. Jesus Christ. I mean, wow. hey, hey, we, we're going to need you. We're going to need you. you think for a second, I'm on your side. Dude, I, I agree. It's it's the, it's the theater of the church. Hey, we're going to need you to itemize that. We're going to need you to tell me how much every screw costs. We're going to need you to break this down, describe that, do this, I'm do that. I'm going to need your unredacted <laughs> Yeah, I mean, get the fuck out of here. But it's hilarious because then when, when, when these guys... You, Brent. I, I... Dude, no, it's... When these guys when these guys try to explain themselves, then they get then they get their hands slapped with, oh well you're not a public adjuster. It's like, well what the fuck do you want me to do? You want me to answer your question? You want me to go get my PA license? Like what do I gotta do to get my, my damn estimate paid? Exactimate, what is that? I, I mean, I don't know. You know, exactimate who? <laughs> it's like you asked me about the scope. You've asked me about the scope. I told you about the scope, and, and then you're going, Oh well that's not covered. And you're like <laughs> Okay, well, okay, fine. It's not covered. It doesn't change the fact that it's still in the scope, and I'm going to have to do it in order to pull off what you're telling me. I don't know if it's covered or not. I'm not trying to argue whether or not it's covered. I'm trying to argue whether or not it needs to be done. And so I need you to understand, I'm not making this up to make this job harder. I am doing this because it's what's required to fulfill the scope that you want me to complete. And so well, they've offered up this stuff. That, and, and, and I cannot tell you how many times I've heard contractors go, we've tried to explain it to them. For whatever reason, they won't listen. Or they won't yes, call us back dude, or whatever. Every day. Every day. And you know what? It happens. It happens as much on, you know, what storm claims as it does a freaking burnout. Or it's just like, for Christ's sake! Now, the thing is, is that stuff as a as a practicing public adjuster, that stuff, uh, that's a break your laptop worthy. You know, when you're talking, well, we're going to need oh. this itemized, and we're going to need, and we're going to need, and we're going to need, and meanwhile. I'm sitting here looking at an estimate while not written in exactimate. I'm looking at an estimate. It's broken down. It's itemized labor material. How many guys, how many hours, just all very, you know, granted I've seen some ones that are stupid might as well be written on a goddamn cocktail napkin, but you know, I'm looking at a professional work product that would be delivered to a homeowner on any retail product on, on any retail project. And then you got this, you know, room temperature IQ individual on the other end of the phone saying, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna require no 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 no, you you don't require anything. 
What does the policy say you require? A detailed estimate. Invoices, things of that Correct. nature. That's what it says. Yeah. It doesn't say exactimate. It doesn't say civility. It doesn't say simsol. It doesn't say jack shit. Oh, and by the way, and I love doing this. It often says itemized, and that's about the and I and I'm not aware yeah. of the itemized, you know, estimating software. So I may have never heard of itemized estimating software. It seems like a great name for some estimating software. But yeah. as for now, it's little itemized, and it just means I need a list of your labor processes. Essentially, how this all breaks out. I think that that's reasonable. I think hey. it's reasonable that you just, you know, I mean, that you have to justify it at least with labor processes. Well, well, look, look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, when, when contextually relevant, I love, I love letting, I love reminding them that their engineer, T-H-E-I-R, their engineer that they hired and paid to conduct an inspection for causation and, and write a repair protocol. Um, they didn't write their repair protocol on Xactimate. So why is the insurance contract? Why is the insurance contractor required to write their repair protocol on Xactimate? So your engineer can write a repair protocol slash scope, not an Xactimate, but the insured's elected contractor, which they have every right to do, needs to write an Xactimate. Give me a break, Brent. You're poking the bear. I want to. I, mean, I want to warn you here. Because okay, fine. If you don't want to, if you don't want to write it. Um, in Xactimate, if you don't want to write it in Xactimate, that's fine. We don't have to have it exact. Just go ahead and send me your unredacted invoice. Oh, I was hoping you would go there. <laughs> unredacted. That's fine. You don't have to send me your unredacted invoices. I'll send you an unredacted invoice that's got my letterhead on it. No, no, no. I'm going to need your unredacted invoices from the subcontractors. And often we get asked for this. We need unredacted invoices from subcontractors often when we're arguing O&P. It's ridiculous. We're not getting yeah, into no O&P. Everybody settle down. That's like screaming, <laughs> play some Skinner to a covered band. Okay? You, we're not going to talk about O&P right now. <laughs> anyway. Uh, unredacted and i i mean good god you get it on omp arguments and i'm talking that is like stepping on a lego in the middle of the night and i I just oh my gosh i i get so angry at it because what it is so obvious what they're telegraphing here it's like well we're going to add it up we're just going to make sure all you gets 20 percent margin on this job and it's like look you're not getting unredacted invoices and you're telling me that it's a part of your business processes but i can show you 19 places on this claim that you don't use that yep Okay, step one, we've got an ALE situation. You got somebody on the phone with Holiday Inn Express. All right, all right, all right. I see here, $189 a night. Um, I'm a little confused about how you got to $189. So I was wondering if I could get the unredacted invoices off the continental bagels that we're going to have tomorrow morning. I need to see what you paid on those to justify. And uh, go ahead and send over uh, housekeeping's, um, you know, you know, uh, financials as far as how much they're getting paid and what their benefits are. And we're going to come up and see if we can come up with $189 a night and we'll let you know. Right. I mean, what a joke. Yep. What a joke. No, you know you, what? They, 
here, this ahead, would Brent. be really just just to, I'm just going to keep going down the road of hyperbole. And there might be some contractor who's freaking crazy enough to waste the time to do this, but literally drill down on every single like minute granular freaking detail of the process administratively production, all of it, just every waking second spent and then put a dollar amount, put a dollar amount on it. Right. And I, I just, I think it's, I think it's laughable, Brent, that they're trying to somehow control the profit margin. Yes. It's cost fixing or price fixing. I mean, Look, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not an. I'm not an. You know, an economist, and I don't want to throw around jargonized terminology. But it's like you know, you need to show us every single dollar. And you know what's interesting is it's the homeowner's responsibility to prove their loss. It's the insurance company's responsibility to confirm or deny coverage. Right? If coverage is there, that's correct. If coverage is available and the scope, and that's a tricky word, but the scope's agreed upon, at what point does the insurance company step in and say, oh, well, that costs too much? And they use very vague words in the policy, like reasonable cost, you know, and we, you know, at that, that can spiral into a conversation for a different day, but like reasonable cost, it's like, you know, and, and look, I'll say this because this this is a very robust topic that can go a million different directions. I always think it's interesting when you apply. I I hate what I'm about to say, but there's just some some very practical truth in it. The three bid method, and for my restoration buddies, contractors, service providers out there, I know you hate me right now, but just to prove my point. I think there is something beautiful about that method. And as it relates to being a public adjuster and presenting a contractor's estimate, it is interesting, especially, look, the guys that I work with, they're fair, they're honest, they're transparent for them. You know, they're good, good dudes. Sure. There's no, they're not, they're not playing games like in large part, right? There's just, there's no game playing. It's like, Hey, this is, this is what it costs. It's a fair, it's a fair margin. Everybody's got to feed their family at the end of the day. But that three bid model is interesting. It's like you got the one for ten thousand, you got the one for fifteen, and you got the one for seventeen. Well, what's the right number? And every we this 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 sort of scenario has been beat to death. Who decides the right number? Is the insu- is it the insurance company's role to come in and say, "Oh, well, we're going to go ahead and pay ten because that's that's reasonable." Is seventeen reasonable? What is it? You know. Anyway, right. um, unredacted, right. unredacted invoices. I mean, you know, and I and I understand the counter argument too. Well, do you know you got this company over here that wants to charge nine hundred a square, and they got to charge nine hundred a square because they got seven hundred employees, and that's just what they charge. Well, we don't necessarily need to fucking pay that because that's just too much money. That's unreasonable, and I, I feel bad for the sad soul that's willing to pay that much, but us. Over here at insert insurance company, you know we're we're not gonna we're not gonna go ahead and pay all that money for this roof that that I, I used to be a roofer and I could do the roof for four hundred a square and I was well we uh, and you know we you know it's like where's that line? Oh, at? I love it. 
I'll let Where's the Brewers that know that are hiring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I don't. But Brent, that's a great question. Where is the line? I mean, because I don't want. Look, I I appreciate some places where the carrier might find the opportunity to step in and protect a consumer from being, you know, price gouged or or taken sure. advantage of, you know, sure. just because I can appreciate that there is a level of concern. They're not protecting at, the consumer though. Well, I, well, what has gone from protecting the consumer in my opinion and that would be the good intention behind inserting themselves into that and not just going, okay, thanks for the invoice. Looky here, it's under policy limits, here's your check, you know, less your deductible. Right, right, off right. You, right. you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I think the reason, I mean, I think the biggest th- the reason they're in business is to collect premium and not pay claims. So I think, I don't think they can get away from the advantageous nature of, of controlling some of that. And we can go all the way back to the McKinsey report where we talk about how, how all of that came to be. You got to deny more claims, delay the payment. I mean, all of this is the cost of money and where it sits. You know so, what I mean? So, so when you're dealing with billions and billions and billions where it sits, yeah, and insurance companies make money. You, you make money by moving money. So every day it sits, every yeah. day it sits is a difference of a couple digits in a spreadsheet. And by digits, I mean commas, right? So one thing, though, yeah. with the contractors, it's like, look, I am a huge proponent of giving power back to the contractors, See, contractors call me all the time. It's like, hey, can you put this in Xactimate? And for those of you that don't know, I openly talk about the fact that I'm not an estimator, right? But the answer is sure. Like, we can get an estimate written up for you. But I, I, I have been, I found myself over the last year, year and a half saying, dude, write it up. Write it up the way you want to write it up. You know, if, if this wasn't an insurance claim, you guys sell retail roofs all day. Put together a retail bid, you know? Make sure it's clean, professional, it's itemized the way that you would sell a roof or whatever, the way you would write it up for anybody else in this situation. And that's what I've been advising them to do. And I will right. turn that, I'll turn that product in. You don't need to write it in Xactimate, guys. You really is there, are there, and so are, are there, are there procedural benefits to it? Yes. My point is giving power back to the contractors because what I, the point I was getting at is I don't control your price, buddy. I don't control your price. Xactimate doesn't control your price. None, you know, none of, none of the estimators that, that I work with control your price. We can consult with you on scope and stuff like that, but dude, put it together. What, what do you? What do you want to charge? Right. And I just want to say, and I want to, to all of our contractor listeners out there, guys, we are behind you. Understand we're here to, to aid you and getting accomplished what it is that you're trying to get accomplished. We just want to communicate. And so we have learned the carrier language and the courier and then the carrier presentation. And we just kind of go and, and we're, you're sort of, we're sort of your emissary, if you will. And we communicate sort of what, is beneficial for the contractor in this given particular claim. You don't need to put it into Xactimate. You just need to stand behind what you're doing. And more and more, the more and more you do that, and we, we do come together and unite in these, in these efforts, we will win these battles. This, they will change their practices because it will end up costing them money. 
I promise you that. So it's going to cost them more money to stand there and fight against us in court battles because more and more people are going to be going to court over these kinds of things. The more that they try to dig their heels in, the busier the courts get. I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. I know you want, you want to go to the next round, but I don't want to be obtuse in, you know, saying there's no place for Xactimate and Xactimate is used. I'm not suggesting that. What I'm suggesting is that there is nuance to this. And I am a proponent of restoring power back to the contractor as it relates to setting their price, Absolutely. prepare, preparing their estimate and not playing to the carrier's hand. So absolutely all Xactimate allows us to is it, I've referred to it as this before Brent is it's a fallible crystal ball. I can see a little bit about what's going to happen in the future here, but I'm not really sure that the picture I'm painting is 100% accurate. I can't, I can, I can guess and I can, I've got some general direction and idea, but it's not solid at all. And we won't know until we get into it. And thank you for the contractors that know how to pivot when they run into something that is not, that, that is unexpected. And you guys out there that are pros, we certainly appreciate everything you do. And we'll get into round three right after this. Public adjusters, listen up. On March 30th, there is a world-class training event that is going to be hosted by Velocity Claims and Jack Hanks. We're going to have guys like John Wood, Chris Corvell, Todd Stern, Andrew Saul. I'm going to be there. We're going to be covering everything that goes into the public adjusting business model, such as documentation, compliance, business interruption, branding, culture, the whole nine yards. Do not miss this opportunity. If you sign up, all you got to do is click the link below. If you sign up before March 6th, you're going to get it for 299 bucks. But if you miss March 6th, don't worry. It doesn't go up that much. It's still just 399 bucks. Guys, don't miss this. Jack says all the time, experience matters. You don't want to miss this experience. Mark it down. Sign up. Do not wait. There's only 100 tickets. I believe at this point, there's already over 50 sold. So if you think you're going to wait to the last minute, do not think that it's going to be available. 100 tickets, 50 of them are gone. Please don't wait. Be number 51. And I can't wait to see what happens when we get the opportunity to educate you guys and really empower and equip you to go to the next level. I'm Jeremy Lavelle with Remedy Claims Consulting, and I'll see you on the next one. And we're back. And here is round three. The PA's estimate. The PA's estimate. Yeah. So I'm going to jump off here first, if that's okay with you, Brent. I'm going to say, um, coming out of round two, the PA's estimate, when you've got a contractor involved, really needs to be generated from that contractor and what he thinks. Because that's a place where you get to advocate for the contractor and the procedure. And, and so we can talk about all of the different things and how a PA arrives at his estimate. But in this situation, that's, I mean, that's kind of my first thought about the PA's estimate is that it should definitely be fed and bathed in a contractor's opinion. What do you I think, think, Brent? I think consulting with a contractor on the process and 
the the we'll say repair protocol is an absolute requisite. Um, if you don't do that, as a, when a contractor is involved, if you don't do that as a PA, then what are you doing? You're just guessing. You're doing exactly right. what the insurance. You're doing exactly what the insurance companies do. They come out and guess, and they go, "Well, this is what my guidelines say." Or I used to be. I used to be a mitt contractor, and well, this is what I would. Well, no one gives a fuck because you're not the guy doing the work, or you're not the guy that did the work, right? So, right. Again, yeah. and I'm, I'm if if there are PAs listening, then you know I'm I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at for this, but that's fine. If there's a contractor involved, why wouldn't you consult them? So that way you can write the scope and the repairs and put make sure that the items in the estimate are accounted for that are as close as possible to what the guy that's doing the work tells you is going to happen. See, I think that's where as a public adjuster we can really help a contractor accurately represent the scope of repairs through a vehicle like Xactimate because there are, there are labor actions and things that take place that are reasonably and necessarily owed for that con that some of our contractor friends just don't even, you know, when they're thinking about the job, they're building the price in and they've got that price at the bottom. And sometimes that price is damn near what Xactimate spits out, but Xactimate represents it a little bit differently. And so I'll leave it there, but my short answer is absolutely. If you're a PA and there's a contractor involved, why would you not pick their brain and ask them, hey, how do you intend to do this? How long do you think it's going to take? How many guys? How many different subs? How many different crews? You know, what part of the, regardless of what you think you know, you know, what what order, what order of things are you, like, uh, are you going to do the repairs in? Are we starting with the kitchen, the bathroom? Are we starting in the basement? Are we doing the roof? Like, what, what are we doing first? Again, I'm just giving examples, but I feel strongly about that because uh, I think it makes a great deal of sense. And, and I just, yeah, more often than not, it makes a ton of sense. The contractor. Because they're the ones who are the expert on their on their side. This is all about staying in your lane here. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And that's kind yes. of really yes. what we yes. talked about. Really, the theme of the show at this point, guys, has been stay in your lane, you know, and 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 I go back to the carrier adjuster who who thinks that they, you know, they used to be a roofing contractor and we had, you know, I knew we were getting those things redone for 60 a square. And it's like, Bob, it ain't night. You had to give up and work for the carrier. What happened to that business? Yeah, it's like (laughs) and it's like here you are working for the carrier or whatever. So, I mean, that's a good question. It's like. I'm glad that worked out for you. Have you wondered why it didn't? Maybe have you have you explored that? Anyway, you know, and they 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 step. I you know, it's like with the unredacted invoices they come in. It's like I know that how much it costs to put on a roof. I know because I used to be a. Roof. It's like great. I'll let all of those people out there that are hiring looking for roof salesmen that you have experience. But unless you know you're wanting to send over your resume or something, I don't see why that's relevant. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like stay in your lane. 
contractors get drug into the adjuster or the adjusting of a loss more than they really ever wanted to be. And in yep. order to survive, they've had to learn how to adapt to that and pivot into it. And then when they do and they become good at it, then they get smacked down with laws. And it's like this is all because there's tons of lane violations. So public adjusters, hear me. You're no better and no different than anybody else in the process. Stay in your lane. You are not an expert in mitigation. You are not an, and if you are an expert in mitigation, then I don't have any problem with, I don't have any problem with if you are an expert in the mitigation and you want to speak to that, but you better have somebody else that is corroborating that because as a public adjuster, your experience as, as a, as your, your, you being an experienced mitigator isn't primarily relevant here. Because you're, you're, not, doing you're, not, you're not doing the work. You're not doing the work. work. <laughs> and so you have to you have to let that sink in, Mr. Public Adjuster, that has all of this experience. And I am Look, a I'm an experienced estimator. I can walk into a job and go, this is how much it's gonna cost. And I'm generally in the ballpark within five to ten percent and that may be a big delta i don't know but i don't feel bad when some i tell somebody it's going to cost forty thousand dollars and it came out to be forty one thousand five hundred dollars yeah i missed it by fifteen hundred bucks but i i knew what it was going to cost when i walked through the door you know Look, but that and i can't support it and i like exactimate to help me support that and it communicates so i like writing things in exactimate and i and i think exactimate is an amazing powerful tool but it is not a substitute for an expert that's right that's right i, I th there's the the exactimate is a powerful tool that can be very helpful for a litany of different reasons one of one of many is, you know, hey, it's that common language. And so, again, as a public adjuster, I view my lane as being the primary facilitator of proving the loss on behalf of the insured. Help them perform. Help them hold up their end of that contract to the Correct. best of my damn ability. And you know what? There's a lot of parts of this process that I, I feel very confident in and 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 sort of loose and fluid, you know, I know a lot more answers than I have questions, but guess what, man? And Jeremy, you, hopefully you'll back me up on this. And every one of these losses, I don't care how big, small, or indifferent, every one of them's got their own little freaking wrinkle. Every one of them. They all, they all have their own DNA and there is no one size fits all. And so that's where the lanes come in. If you know what, if, if you have a good handle and resolve and what the hell your lane is, operate within your lane and use the people around you that do the stuff for a living, period. You know, I don't care how much I know about roofing systems and this and that. Yes, that stuff helps me. It helps me frame my arguments. It helps me consult my clients. It helps me consult with our referral partners and all those other things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I can call, I can call Whatever manager, whatever adjuster, whatever whatever person over at the insurance company and say, well, this is this and this is that and this is my opinion on this and this is my interpretation on that. And you know what? It doesn't it doesn't matter. No one gives a shit what my opinion is. Everything needs to be backed up by third party source material, period. Period. That's where I'm just going to end for now. It doesn't it doesn't matter how much I know. And 
the my my bandwagon to your comment is like, look, there are PAs out there that freaking know mitigation forward, backward. It's like they've read, you know, they've taken their they got every credential, and that's awesome, man. I'm not I'm not taking a shot at that. I, I mean it. Like that is, you know, they're they're public adjusters or you know estimators that are just freaking wizards, man. You put them in Xactimate and they and they they make the Mona Lisa out of freaking Xactimate. It's amazing. That stuff is really beneficial, but it does not negate the importance of leveraging the contractors. Some instances, I find myself on the phone with the subs. Sometimes the the, the GC doesn't know the answer. You know, it's like, well, hey, who, who are you bringing out to do this? Let's talk to them. Let's set up a quick conference call. Let's get a couple of these, these ticky-tack things ironed out. So that way, when we deliver this product to the carrier, we can make sense of it. It's not that I don't know. But it's a whole lot better if it comes from them. You know, it, it just it just makes more well, sense. Well, it's it, right. That's the point is what we're trying to do is remove bias from the claim. By and large, that's kind of what we are is the bias police here. And so you're trying to remove. And I mean, look, I have looked at contractors and go, look, guys. I don't. Can you please explain to me why? Why when I estimate this, I'm getting ten thousand dollars, and you keep what is it about this? And you keep getting fifteen thousand dollars. What is it about this process that I'm not understanding? What am I missing here? Why is this? Because this is what this supposed. Where where are we missing here? And it's like, oh, it's because this, 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 and this, and we have to do this kind of thing here. And it's like, okay. That was not what was communicated, you know, and it's you know, like, well, that happens on 95% of the jobs. What do you mean? That's not been communicated. So I, I, here's something that uh, just showed up for me, right? I'm not suggesting that this is a practical solution in every scenario. I'm not suggesting that it needs to happen on every claim, but I've run into that where the contractors at, you know, whatever, insert number 50 and, I'm like, how the, like, how did you get there? I, I don't get it. Where we go back and forth and what will happen is go through, you know, I'll go through my scope report with the contractor. We will produce our own Xactimate. And it's like, all right, so Mr. Contractor, you're, you're, you're at 50. We have worked this three ways to Sunday to try to make the numbers make sense. And we're still sitting here at 35. But now we have a piece of work product to go back to the contract because, again, it's about getting it right. You want to be accurate. You want to be above reproach. And you want to make sure that you're representing the insured's claim as accurately as possible, right? So it's like, you know, I've gone back to a contractor with a scope and been like, dude, like, what the fuck am I missing? What, what are, you know, I'm working on this with my team. Like, what, where, where are we, where are we striking out here? And you know what? Sometimes the answer is it's not validated. And we handle that accordingly. And other times it's like, maybe it's wrapped up in yeah. general conditions. Maybe there's some crazy ass shipping charge that the contractor knew about that, you know, this particular, this particular flooring is coming from somewhere out West and it's going to cost $3,500 to get here. That's not in it. Whatever. Yeah. There's, what I'm trying to communicate is sometimes the exactly. truth is readily available. You just got to, you just got to, you know, hammer it out. So anyway, and you're, those, and you're those dialogues are important. Nuances. 
They Go are because you're talking about these these nuances. You're talking about these nuances that are on every single claim. All of them have some flooring that's being shipped out of California because it's made out of African bubinga or whatever. And and I'm not even talking about the specialized stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's like it's all of these nuances that we deal with that cause these differences. Exactimate does not account for nuance. It no. doesn't. It's uh, like this is a good sort of very square box cookie cutter kind of idea. And we can tell you that it's going to cost just about this kind of thing in this neighborhood. But trust me, you may find at the end of it all, we missed it a little bit. And, yes. the, and they give you, they tell you that. They tell you that. It's like, look, it, it's going to boil down to the contractor and the estimator really communicating here to find the actual costs on this kind of thing. If if I'm involved in a claim and perhaps a contractor isn't involved yet and I tell the homeowner and you know, hey look, you know, say say you you know, Jeremy, you've been here a hundred thousand times. You know, you get involved, you, you go in, you scope it, you do your thing, we settle the claim, we get the undisputed release. I always tell the policyholder, it's like, look, if the contractor's not involved yet, make sure that we get on the horn so we can do a scope review with the contractor. They can they can see what we're working with again, assuming the homeowners on board with that. But the point is, get on the phone with the contractor. It's like, hey, look, we took our best run at this. It's a hell of a, it's a really good for it's a good start, right, dude? As you're going through and you're you're costing this thing out, let us know if there's you know if there's a snag in there, let us know, and we'll we can we'll do whatever we need to do with you guys to to get it written up and get it squared away and things like that. So, um. Yeah, Xactimate is a, is a very powerful square, but what we see every day is that the uh, the claims are triangles. <laughs> that was terrible. But they are. Well, I mean, I mean, they're they're amoeba shaped, is what they are. I know what I mean. Yeah. And you don't know, and and you just don't know if you're going to be able to get it all to kind of fit together. And that's kind of what public adjusters do, guys. I mean, this is your lane. Is 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 to go out and help all of the experts that have stepped in, um, assuming they're all honest contractors and they have a legitimate cause for charging what they're charging. Uh, yes, um, all of those you assumptions. Know, we're are, all helping them make sense of it because we. Yeah, we are the claim emissary here. We're communicating on behalf of the insured. Often we're communicating on behalf of the contractor. And we want to make sure that these people are, that their message is being, is being, you know, communicated clearly to the carrier and as pertains to why. And if the carrier's answer is no, this is my favorite question. Then what do I have to show you to get a yes? <laughs> you know, and because it's like, if you if you're telling me there's nothing I can show you, then we've really got a problem here. Right. Do you know what I mean? And so that's kind of what I'm sitting here. It's like, well, the contractor is charging this, and this is what he's saying. Well, we're not going to pay more than this much for it, based on what? <laughs> Dude. Ah, yeah. Well, we based on what? How did you arrive at that little at that little decision? I mean, where is it? Because I have given you all of this documentation. So in order to refute or beat what I've got, you must have a much longer flipping list than I do as to why you're not other than we're going to stick with our guy. <laughs> I love that one. 
or stand pat we're, we're or whatever gonna, the new thing was saying. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks for sending all that over. Yeah, we took a look at it, and uh, we're gonna get ahead and and st- stick with our guy. Okay. We're, yeah. Isn't that convenient? <laughs> I mean, so does an amount of proof matter here? Well, we just don't think that looks like hail damage. Oh, it doesn't look like hail damage. So you're still telling me that if I show you hail damage, then then it should be covered. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So I've not shown you any hail damage. No, sir. Well, I must not understand what hail damage looks like. I do know that I've got a bunch of experts telling me that hail hit the area, including the weather port that you confirmed. Would you mind showing me what you think hail damage looks like? And I'll go take pictures of that at this location. You had, you had an adjuster tell you tell you that because it came from you, that it doesn't, it's not good enough. Right. But I have, basically she's yeah. Because you sent it in, it's not good enough proof. That's true. I have had that. And it's like, you show me what hail damage looks like. And, <laughs> and I'll go take pictures of that. Uh, well, we don't know what hail damage. We don't have anything like that. Then how do you know what it looks like? Based on what? <laughs> now we're all the way back to, you don't have any proof, dude. And it's like, and then you get accused of not respecting them as an adjuster. And I'm like, you're right. I don't respect you as an adjuster. I don't because you refuse to adjust this claim. If you would adjust this claim, we wouldn't have a problem, but they don't want to do that. So, I mean, that's the end of that rant. So again, public adjusters (laughs) stay in your lane. And, uh, and, and the more that we stay in our lane, guys, I believe that we will help the others get back into theirs. So, man, that was that was heated. <laughs> it felt really fast to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, because my- we actually stayed on time. <laughs> well, I mean, I I could have gone. I could have gone an hour on any one of those rounds. And I always love it when we say that at the end of a show. It's like I could just go back and just talk about three different aspects you know, of estimates and unredacted invoices. And Dude, uh, we could have spent three hours on unredacted invoices. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I just think it's hysterical and it's almost comical now when they ask me for them. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's like, I don't even know if I can get those. That's always my response first is I don't even know if I can get those. Oh, and I love how when they make the, the property owner responsible for getting those. Yeah, yeah. Go go talk to the drywall crew because they have a point of sale system. Yeah. And uh, get that receipt and itemization of all the material that they use printed out and brought, you know, and, and we'll get that in and, and the final hey. invoice they submit to your general contractor. Whatever. Well, here's, here's I, I, I hope that this doesn't get edited out, but with the unredacted invoices, Hey, you guys, you know, it's interesting is you guys went on out there. You sent, you sent out whoever you sent out and they went ahead and banged some numbers into a estimating software. And, uh, well, where are your unredacted invoices for what you're setting this value at? Where are those at? Yeah, exactly. It's like, where, I, where, I mean, I'm, I mean it's just you- out of curiosity. Like you guys went out, you did the same exact thing. The only difference between what you did and what the insured did is that the insurance contractor or us, however you want to put it, you're asking us to provide something you can't provide. And I right. don't understand that. Right. I, I don't get it. You can't provide or, unredacted I mean- invoices. 
Well, and 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 then the other side, it's like in any time you ask them for anything, it's all work product. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't do that. It's it's work product. Why is right. it you can send me the estimate? Well, their 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 invoices are, work but product. you can't send me any evidence that supports your estimate. Right. It's like right and here you're... in your picture. You see right here behind behind the cat that big huge water stain right there in that picture that you took. Um, you see that right there? Why wasn't that addressed? And that's the questions we ask, and that's why they don't send them or whatever. But, guys, it is all the time that we have for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please um, click like and subscribe. And if you find this useful, please, please, please share it. And let you- us know. And let us know. We always want to hear your comments. I just want to remind you that you can find us on YouTube on the Paint of the Clay Presents channel. And you can catch us on just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. So whatever platform you need, um, you can find us on there. If you, All you have to do is search the Paint of the Clay Presents. But in the meantime, guys, we will be back next week. So... Guys, stay ready so you don't have to get ready, and we will see you on the next one. It's over. Go home.